Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, it's time for Cofield and Company's legal insider, Justin Watkins, on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, here we go. Four o'clock hour, Cofield and Company. David Facillo is in as a special guest with Justin Watkins. Again, we're here at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. Adam Hill along as well. I'm not going to waste any time because we have so much stuff to get to. So let's get to the big four. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four. Number four. Welcome in ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. Again, this hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400-775 in the north. Uh, Got to squeeze a little bit of hockey in. Adam, you had mentioned last hour uh, that I think you meant for you personally, but having a well, night's game on Super Monday is a, is a little bit ridiculous. Ridiculous decision, especially, yeah. you know, it ends up, it's not it's not the fault of the schedule makers, obviously, with the way it fell. It's a massive game for the Golden Knights in terms of a celebration that's going to happen tonight. Uh, Alex Petrangelo's 1,000th career game that they're going to be doing, and he missed five games, so they... You know, they would have not had to deal with this uh, at this time. But I think even them, they're like, you know, it would it's not going to get the attention it deserves from some local media who have just worked 10 straight days. I'll be out there, of course. But I think other people are like, all right, I, I'm not going out there tonight. Uh, so that's not going to happen. And Marc-Andre Fleury is coming back. He's but, not playing. He's not playing, yeah. But uh, he is coming back tonight. So I, I think they probably should, especially they don't have another game until Saturday. Would have been very nice to have this game tomorrow or Wednesday. Hard disagree. I think that this is like a a perfect day to have it because you have all the people who are coming into town. And I know of a ton of people who are staying that extra day because they want to see the Stanley Cup champs. You know, so there's tons of visitors. You know, if you go on a sub hub right now and you check your ticket price. They have a hard time selling tickets to the Golden Knights. Is that what you're saying? What are you talking about? They don't. I know. They don't need the extra people in town. No. Yes, they do. It's always good for the city. That's awesome. You know, right after the Super do Bowl, it. they get to come see the, the Stanley Cup champs. Or, what know, a great experience. Or, you know, do it Saturday. Dude, nobody's feeling bad for you in the press for covering the I, Super I, Bowl I, and the Stanley Cup champions no, on consecutive I nights. I don't want dude. people to feel bad for me. I'm saying I'm going. I'm yeah. saying there's only other, there's the other press. Who the cares? The attention that Petrangelo deserves is probably not going to happen. It will happen. It, it's okay, fine. Okay, we'll see. I'm talking I'll, take about? A picture of, I'll take a picture of the, of the press box and show you how many people are not there. Because they are all, again, I'm going. I don't care. I'll go. I'll work 100 don't show, days in a row. Don't show me the press box. Show me the TV ratings. They're, they're going to be what they normally are. Yeah, exactly. Saying. So but it's going to get the exact notoriety the, that it would normally it's would. It's not going to get the attention from local media that it deserves. I'm telling you that right now. And it sucks. It sucks for him. Hey, as, long, as long as Adam Hill's covering it, the local media, we got it cornered. It's good. Well, I can, We're I'll, good. I'll, I'll tell you something off the air yeah. that <laughs> is going to surprise you. But it, it's it's true. So, okay. um yeah, I don't think it should be tonight. I don't think either do it right before when it actually it's part of the whole thing, or give it give it a day after. I don't know. David came into town. He's not going to the game tonight though, because he still has family that lives here. Um, but what do you think? From I, I the fact that there's not a game again until Saturday, like yeah, you've got that time built in. I mean, again, you know, with the missed five games, how, you, you can't do the math on that yeah. anyways. But uh, you know, maybe we need some flex scheduling like they do in the NFL. We're gonna move some teams great. around to different days. <laughs> Do you think Minnesota would be upset that they have in Vegas next day? Probably not. No, yeah. I'd be excited about that. Number three. Turned into the uh, Taylor Bowl in some ways. Taylor Swift, even more than we thought. Over on, uh, like, what props? I, I guess wearing red at the game, that was a gigantic favorite. She wore, well, she didn't get it. She, she wore black, right? No, she wore red. She that wore was red? red jacket. She, wore, jacket. she wore a black oh, outfit with no. a red jacket over it. Yeah. That's so why I, these props aren't available. 
yeah, this is this is something, David, and I know you're in this world. Adam talks about all the time, and I read a lot of props, offshore props, and as I started reading them on the air here, I'm like, this is not clear what that is. I, and you know obviously, what? I, obviously, obviously the, look. the Reba one is completely ridiculous. They had to pay both sides. What was the what? What was the, the issue? Reba was the time of the national anthem. Yep, and she bobbled the end. People said she did on purpose. I don't think. I don't think so. But she she, she, she added the second brave. She did the brave. But the second the brave, brave. The second brave never counts. counts. That's always. Count. That has always been the case. It, it has never is that counted. New? Is when Gladys Knight did like seven braves, or it didn't count. Seven? No, it, no oh, the, okay. the extra ones don't count. It's the end of the first brave, and then, but then it stopped before it stopped on the under, and then she went over with the second one. So people were complaining, so they had to pay both sides. Over under. It's always just a, a publicity thing, anyway. Ninety and a half seconds, and people had a timed out at what one thirty six. After the second one, it's yeah. like 128. Well, and that that goes back to the problem that you're seeing now in sports betting is where everybody, oh, there's an injury, I deserve to get my money back. Oh, I should get it. People whine and complain about everything. That's the whole well, point of unders. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's why. Well, well, books ruin that because for business, it's it's you know they're going to get your money anyway, especially these morons who are betting stuff like that. So like, yeah, we'll give you a, you know refund, bet it again, and then and then books here are expected to do it. Like no, so no refunds. The the Taylor Swift versus Kelsey catches cutaway is that during. The whistles between the whistles I, during the time of the game because if so, game. then I think I think Kelsey got it. I think Kelsey got well, he, he yeah, had what, more nine catches. Nine and catches. The problem was, and again, yeah. wa- uh, watching the game back last night because I didn't get to watch it in real time. Uh, the fact he only had one catch in the first half. Yep. Like they were never going to her. Nope. And then then he got a couple of his like three in a row. You're not going to cut to her every single catch. Yep. So it kind of changed around a little bit in that way. Did you see the total amount of time she was on? Uh, what did they say? All the complaining. Just under a minute, right? They said 53 seconds. The over-under on that was 40 seconds. No. It was interesting because uh, in the stadium, it was a very 49ers heavy crowd. And uh, <laughs> every time they showed her on the screen there, it was a combination of cheers and boos by like okay. a significant margin. It was very yeah, noticeable. You can hear that on the clip of her chugging at the beginning. <laughs> you know, you could hear it's kind of like, ah. What was, she, what was she chugging? Beer. It looked it like beer. beer. It was beer. Yeah. Okay. It looked like beer. All right. I heard McAvee going crazy this morning saying that she's officially a, a football woman. Chugging beers? Yeah. Getting nervous? Yeah. She probably learned that from Jason. <laughs> right? Yeah, right? That's not Travis. That's Jason. Jason's been spending his time chugging all week. Trying to keep up with the uh, the Joneses. Adam, did you ever see the replay of the Blake Lively saying, uh, did she say shut the blank up? What did yeah, she say? She yeah. What was she reacting to? It was, it was like a – it wasn't like telling somebody to shut up. Yeah. It was like a surprise. Like, oh, shut the blank up. Like, that, I can't believe that happened. But uh, the, the, she does famously say she doesn't curse, so oh, she does. All of this is not not, a, not on television. Her TV pops. We've said it all year. It's much ado about nothing. Like it's so brief. I was watching it in a big ballroom, and it's like, oh, there she is, and then she's gone like three seconds later. People complain about it, and I, it's just it's a it's a vocal small group that just mm-hmm. again wants to complain about everything. It's good, for, uh, frankly, it's good for football. Yep. It gets more, it gets a, an entirely different demographic again, and that's good for football. I mean, we we know it. There's evidence. It's this is an opinion. It is good for football. I mean, just yes. now including the playoffs, she's they they think that she's contributed somewhere between four hundred and five hundred million dollars towards the NFL and gross revenues. Like we have three of them downstairs right now who wear 87 Kelsey jerseys who never watched a football game before in their life. What? Just major Swifties. Just ma- Swifty Super Bowl party with Swifty donuts and like Swifty, like, <laughs> dude, it's a thing, man. And I, 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 I'm, I'm here for it, dude. I think it's cool. I think it's great. I saw so many shirts of, I'm, I'm rooting for uh, Taylor's boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, 
All right, how about uh, how about the impact on uh, younger girls and you know hanging out with their dads to watch football now? Well, I think uh, what was it ESPN or, or NFL Network did a piece on that um, that really well put together. I thought tons of you know dads and younger uh, girls, their daughters um, bonding over football over something they never bonded over before. I mean, you bring in somebody that has her star power. Maybe she's the only one who in the world right now who could do this. But she did. And, uh, you know, for, for the Taylor haters out there, the thing that I don't get is like, it's not like she did this as a part of a plan to get attention. Right. She's Are you just, sure? She's just going. She's just going to a football game. She's not even doing the anything cr- but being in a football game. The crescendo's coming with the endorsement. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know the Illuminati and everything. It's all. It's all a conspiracy. Number two. I love the moment in the game. The Chiefs make me miserable, but I loved when Travis Kelsey ran up on Andy Reid and almost knocked him on his ass. I have a lot of admiration for that football moment in the stadium. Could you see it happen? I couldn't. I didn't okay. see it until I saw it on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. I, I I say that. Yes, I love that too. And I love that Rice was yelling at Pat Mahomes and that they got it together. You know, they didn't they didn't hold on to some sort of grudge. They, clearly, they have a, a, a locker room or an environment that allows for that kind of passion and that kind of direct talk to each other when you're upset and to come together after. You don't always see that, right? When there's arguments on the sidelines, sometimes that's just that's that's the end of it. That's the end of the game and the momentum. No, that's what great teams do. Yeah. Uh, I was sitting in an interview once with Dwayne Wade where he was talking about when he was yelling at LeBron in the uh, conference finals against the Celtics, and it's like LeBron responded to that. And you know that with the Chiefs, Pat, I mean, I don't think that Andy Reid needs to respond to Travis Kelsey, you know. I think he's fine. But Mahomes, I'm sure, responded to that. Yeah. And Mahomes went to Rice and said, you're Racy Rice. Whatever you get, take. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked. Yeah. I will say, on, on, on that note, not everybody on the team is completely there. Sure. Because there course. was one guy who wasn't playing yesterday. <laughs> Tony. In, <laughs> in the locker room was hilarious. Was he talking smack the whole time? Literally in his corner locker, on the phone, not with around anybody. It sounded like he was just like, all right, what, what am I going to do next? I'm getting out of here. Like, he had no interest in being there at all. It was hilarious. Yeah. It was great. Well, let's still get a ring. Where's he going? I don't know. Somewhere. Who's salivating to grab Kadarius? Crazy thing is, exactly. I still think he's incredibly talented. He probably could, if he figures it out, or if this is the final message, maybe, maybe be successful. But if you can't figure it out there, it's going to be tough anywhere else. Yeah. Top story. Number one. All right, so my thing in, in hour one, and I, I'm always on this with the – we're getting another Brady here, and it's just going to make me miserable. Um, one, are dynasties good for football? Because we, we – college football, there was a lot of complaining about Alabama being dominant. Is is this team good winning all these Super Bowls and maybe more? Is it good for football? Does it make you want to watch football more or less in the postseason? I mean, I'm in a weird spot. You know, since the relocation, since Vegas got a team, I got the, I got my old loyalties to the Chargers, and now I got the local team being the Raiders. So I'm sort of in this purgatory where I don't – I'm not super hyped for any one team right now where I'm so dedicated, where I feel like I could watch unbiased. I think watching the Chiefs is pretty awesome. Like, I, watching what they're able to do, specifically Mahomes, Reed, and Kelsey – has been like, I, I, I've been able to enjoy watching that greatness. 
I didn't feel the same way when the Patriots were on their run because I was super diehard Chargers, and several of their runs came at the expense of the Chargers when the Chargers had an, an equal or slightly lesser chance of winning the Super Bowl than the Patriots. So I, I, I can sort of see it both ways, but as a, as a non, I'll, I'll just call myself for the moment a non, you know, fanatic. I, I enjoyed the run. I think for non, non-fanatics, it's really good because if you've just got a run of champs, like I couldn't tell you who, you know, the World Series champ was five years ago or whatever it was. Whereas if you've got a consistent winner that's the, the face of the game, I think that's good. Um, as a 49ers fan, I hate it. But at the same time, like, I think it's fun to have, like, the big bad, like the clear villain. Like, you know, back in the day, I remember, like, everybody hated UNLV, and it was so much fun being a fan of that team. And it yeah. was also so much fun rooting against that team. Yeah. So it's almost like the Howard Stern effect. You want to, like, hate it. Yeah, when David and I... David and I were living here. We were going to elementary school together. Rebels won the national championship, you know, so that's that's great school for us. And, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome to watch every game and watch them go play Temple, the number two team in the country, and beat them by 20 and be the bad guys, you know. So, yeah, I, 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 I definitely didn't enjoy it with the Patriots, uh, but I do think that it is nice to have somebody who's the king of the mountain to knock off. There's got to be somebody to knock off. And that's, I'll argue that the NHL is maybe not having that if Vegas doesn't repeat. Um, Tampa never, they were obviously super good, but they didn't have that like bad guy image that Vegas is getting in the league. Um, And so I I think it like for the NHL, it would be good if Vegas had a run. The worst part about this for me is I don't like the Chiefs, but they have so many people on the team who are likable. Like I don't, I can't, Belichick, you can hate. Mm -hmm. He's grousing, he just seems like a jerk. I mean, Andrew, Big Red, he's a fellow fatso. Like, I'm, I'm going to, come on, it's it's tough. And Mahomes is likable. Uh, his wife with the RBF all the time, eh, maybe not so much. Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. All right, time to get down to the nitty-gritty here with uh, David Facillo, who's in with Justin Watkins, Adam Hill, I always say I'm going to back out and not speak. I I want you guys to hash this out. And what exactly happened with overtime when they took the ball and also their knowledge of overtime? Is this really true that there was confusion on the team and maybe even with Shanahan? Some of the players said afterwards that they were not fully aware of the overtime rules. Uh, Shanahan did not say one way or the other. Um, it was clear they had talked about it because in this postgame press conference, he talked about uh, their analytics guys had told them X, Y, or Z. Um, today, Andy Reid mentioned that like when before the game was coming to overtime, the side ref there comes up and asks like asks each coach what they want to do. Do you want to receive kick all that kind of thing? And so the Chiefs were practicing this in training camp, <laughs> and and the Forty ers apparently did not. Yeah, and, and Shanahan didn't say directly, but he did. Uh, because he said we wanted to get a touchdown so Mahomes didn't have a chance. Not how it works. Yeah. He didn't know. He didn't know. It's pretty clear he didn't know the rules. That's not good. I think even if he did, like the the decision to to take the ball first, I think is 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 just as a layperson. I, I didn't even have the sound on. Right, I couldn't even hear what was going on. I'm like, wait, why would you take it first? You know, and I'm just thinking. Dave was filling me in on the, in the hallway saying the analytics are actually pretty close on it's, it. It's 1.5%. Yeah. Uh, it was a negative decision by 1.5%. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. pretty close there. But for, I, I thought right off the bat, okay, I got four downs. If they score a touchdown, I get four downs to move down down the field, and then I'm definitely going for two 
because giving the ball back to them with them having a chance to kick a field goal to win it if I score a touchdown versus the odds of me getting a two-point conversion, I like my odds of two-point conversion better. And it sounds like that's what the Chiefs were ready to do. That was their plan. They were going to go for they, two if they scored. They were, yeah, the yes. Chiefs were. Um, yeah, but also the Chiefs were not going to kick a field goal. Right. Well, that's the other thing. So the Chiefs, if the Chiefs did have a fourth down, they were going to go for it, which is that I went – so. In the post game, when everybody, you know, there's a lot of celebration going on in the locker room, I actually went to a bunch of the players and I talked to Harrison Bucker and I wrote this yesterday um, about him. And he said to me, I was like, you know, are you preparing? What are you doing on that drive? And he said, no, they told me we're not, we're not kicking a field goal. So, I mean, I was oh, mentally, yeah. if it's like fourth and 20, sure, like it's right. going to happen. But he said, no, we we're going to go for the touchdown. So that, that was what was going to happen. So um, they were never going to do that. And the uh, Marquez Valdez-Gantley actually went one step further. He said, look, I understand every coach has their own has their own philosophy. He's like, I think our coach's philosophy is better, yeah. <laughs> which it was just a funny comment, but it, it was true. And I, I just think there wasn't. I don't think they understood. But at the same time, if you if you think you you could end the game with a touchdown, I think it would be it was silly that they kicked the field goal anyway. It's fourth and four. Go right. for it. Like, what are you, what are you doing with the field goal? It's not going to help. Um, the only possible explanation you could have is that your defense was just on the field and that they were tired. Which not acceptable, but it's the only thing you could even say. And he never really fully vetted that out. I mean, he kind of hinted at it, but um, that's the only reason you could act actually do for have for not doing that, making that decision. I mean, I I get what you're saying. I think you know, obviously, we're never really gonna know for sure who was thinking what. I think the one clear thing that it shows, though, is a lack of attention to detail um, and not and preparation. And you know, a game that goes overtime and comes down to the final second. Every little bit counts, and that's that's where it is. Like whether or not their decision impacted them in overtime, you know, whatever it may, it may not. Who knows? But if you're not fully committed to all the details, maybe that impacts you on a block where you know a, a rusher gets through. Maybe that impacts you here or there. Maybe it impacts you on I don't know an extra point getting blocked. Um, that kind of thing is where that's where my problem is with it. Less that like the execution in overtime. Yeah, and the other thing that I. As I was watching it in real time, and you know, it was a big Super Bowl party, so you can't really hear the commentators. But I was like, why are they running so much time off this clock? Yeah, They're, it doesn't matter. It, it did, yeah, it didn't matter. Like, if they would have missed that, they could have gone again. If they would have missed that, and the clock ran out because it was their first possession, another 15 minutes. Well, also, minute. it's, it's, it's still half, right? So that was the end of the first quarter. So the zeros that were ticking down when the Chiefs were score were about to okay. score, that's the end of the first quarter. Got it. So it's it's basically just a new game. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's in, a, in a new in a way, it's not ever going to get. But to our the whole half. our whole place was yeah. like, oh my god, I can't believe yeah, they're yeah. they're yeah. doing this. They're, yeah. do, they're going down to one. So that they weren't would... even trying to slow yeah. it down. Right. Also, like, not for nothing, the clock management by both teams at the end of the first half was atrocious. Yeah, I have no idea what either side was doing. And then there was one moment, Andy Andy Reid, who usually I think is pretty good, raced. To an official, which sounds crazy because he's not the fastest guy, to beat Kyle Shanahan to a timeout that Kyle Shanahan should have been calling, was trying to, and he re beat him to it. Just it was wild what was going on on both sides there. I really felt like, and you know, I don't know how the game came across on TV, but it it felt like it was an incredibly ugly game for the first three quarters. But it felt like a fun ugly, like a little bit of you know some execution problems with fumbles and so forth but you know some good defense this and that but it it felt like an entertaining first half even though it was an incredibly ugly first half i felt like it was an ugly game yeah yeah for the first for the first three quarters and i was you know again i not being fanatical i'm like man i hope this falls into a good ending to a game where it's really close and it comes to some big play because i'm pretty bored right now watching these first three quarters it didn't seem like i was watching 
the best of the best perform at their best. I, I didn't feel like that for three quarters. I, maybe I'm a little subjective. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great game. Yeah. It was definitely entertaining down the stretch. I mean, drama for field. sure. Yeah. They got it all back done in the fourth quarter. And that's the only people. That's the only thing people care about. Yep. So, you know, when we talk about Vegas as a sports market, I will point out all the time, the A's are up against it because the standard has now been set, not by the Raiders because they're not winning at a high level, but the standard has now been set by Bill Foley and VGK. Fans here, I'm not going to say they're spoiled. They actually, I, I think they act like every city should act. And if you don't win, we're not coming, right? So Bill Foley is a great owner. If Bill Foley owned the Niners, would Kyle Shanahan be fired by right now? Or, or does he have the directive, we're not winning with Purdy, so get me a new quarterback? I, I think he might do both. Is his president George McPhee? If his president is George McPhee, then they're both gone. I mean, that's just that's just how McPhee is. He doesn't value he doesn't value coaches, you know, and he's not afraid to make changes. You think he would fire somebody coming off a championship loss? <laughs> oh, he did. Yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> do that. Yeah, I mean, does that sound outrageous to you that in this market with that with that owner, I think he fires Kyle Shanahan. I mean, Las Vegas is a front runner city. It always has been, like since we were kids. So, like. I could, you know, I can envision that. I paid enough attention to the Knights to see kind of what what's going on. I think, given my knowledge of Jed York, um, I mean, Shanahan's like not going anywhere right now. You know, ask me in five years because I think Jed York remembers what happened after he got rid of Harbaugh and just how bad it was. And I think he was snake bit enough. And Shanahan and Lynch were so great together. So you know, they can blow a few more first round picks in the next few years. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Shanahan's going anywhere. I mean, and, and I just want to put one little clarification on what you said. Like, if you aren't winning, then Vegas won't support you. I, I would just put this. If you aren't trying to win, Vegas won't support mm. you. I think if you are trying to win and you are and you have some good people making some smart decisions, the city will support you. I know you're – I know you, Adam, and you're going to come in here and say that, that, that Vegas doesn't do that, but – the I've only seen two game nights losing streaks where you look around like why is there a thousand empty seats tonight? <laughs> it on. has happened. You know it has. And there... why why are people leaving right now early in the third period? This is wild. What is happening here? Now, we, that, you know we've seen this happen. Now, now that may be a spoiled fan base, but yeah. I don't think it's the same thing as saying if you don't win, we won't support. I think I and also late I'll, in I'll, that non playoff season. I'll, I'll, I'll attest to this myself, having gone to all the V VGK games that I've gone to. Every single playoff game, you got you have some fatigue on it. You have some fatigue about going to every game. So now, now they're tired of winning. No, about going to the the regular season games. You have some sure. fatigue, and so when it's a Tuesday night and they're up four to one, and you're like, "Hey, man, there's ten minutes left in the third period. Like, I think we got it. I gotta get home. I got the kids." Well, that's the thing. It's I think everybody's staying when it's four one lead. They're leaving when they're no. down. They're down two nothing. No, they're no, down three no. one. They leave with big leads too. I, I don't they, know. They, they, they I don't do. see it as much. Title oh, sure. title fatigue is a thing. Last yeah. year I was going to go try and go up to Philadelphia for 49ers Eagles. Thank God I didn't. Tickets there, get in price on game day was about eight hundred dollars, and get in price for the Chiefs whoever they were playing in the AFC Championship game was like two hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot. It happens, and and it was that's what happened last night at the Super Bowl. Like I said, it was kind of a 49ers home crowd because Chiefs yeah. fans aren't traveling right now. I don't believe that. The Niners can win the Super Bowl with Purdy. Where are you on this? I think if you can get to the Super Bowl, you can win the Super Bowl. You may not win it, but I think, and I, this is going to sound crazy, but they could have won the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. They could win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. Again, you know, having a, you know, if you can find a better quarterback, great, but what are the odds on finding a better quarterback right now than, than who I think is a top 15, maybe, and has a chance of being a top 10 quarterback? 
Well, before I answer that, uh, they did have a chance to get a better quarterback, and they were arrogant and said, we don't need him. And then they came back and tried to get him in Tom Brady. That could, that could be a stain on his record and Lynch's record. They, they're a good organization. But the fact that they passed on him may never live it down. I, th- I think trading three picks for Trey Lance is the bigger crime in all this. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they put themselves in a position where they needed somebody like Brock Purdy, who was cheap, late, late round pick to actually flourish. And from that perspective, they got very fortunate. Maybe maybe you say scouting was perfect, but come on, Mr. Irrelevant isn't about like expert scouting. Oh, it's luck. Yeah, they, they got lucky. They with got that. lucky. And but they I, didn't. I think I mean, and none of this really matters until next year when they have to pay him. Like yep. right now, it's fine. They can they're going to keep going with him. Cool. And I, That'll be that's gonna that is these are the magic moments for me in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. And but I believe I was saying it before the game. The Niners, and they haven't won yet, but the Niners to me are the closest thing that we've seen since Joe Gibbs and the Redskins, as they were called at the time, because they won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks, and none of them were great. But in this era, I don't I don't think they would have paid the, the first two guys, right? And they they trusted and I they think trusted the, the Niners scouting. are too good of an organization, they won't pay him. Yep. They're right. gonna pay him. Really? They're going to pay. It was well, 40 million if, a year. If, if he has a pay, if, quote unquote pay. Right. Yeah. yeah. If, if they're like, hey, 23 million, sure. If he's demanding 40, 45, 50, they're not paying him. I, if he has a similar year next year to this year, I think they pay him because he, he is what Kyle Shannon has been looking for in Kirk Cousins. Okay. I wouldn't pay him. Nope. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, 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 get, I, I get the argument against it. Yeah. But again, it comes down to just like finding a, Finding a top five quarterback in the NFL is not an easy thing to do, sure. and maybe he's not top five. He's not top five. I won't right. say it, but like, yeah, I just I, I think it's too difficult. Give us uh, five more minutes because we got something very important. We're gonna all brainstorm. Uh, Adam Hill is coming out with a story. He's very angry about Vegas getting bashed, and we're gonna basically write the story for him on the way back. Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. So Justin Watkins, David Ficillo is here with us, Battlemore Broadcast Center. Where can people find your stuff? So I work for SB Nation, SBNation.com, and then uh, DKNetwork.DraftKings.com. Uh, that's where a lot of our sports betting coverage is. Right. So we need to get the sports betting. I know. A lot His of expertise. It. We got uh, to do that down the road. All right, let's help out Adam Hill in about three minutes. Adam, you're working on something. Can we uh, reveal what you're working on, or just we want to just give some general thoughts? Because you sent something over to me, and you just said the whiny media. Yeah, it's just the people that complain about Las Vegas as a host city. Especially one in particular from the New York Post that you're very, very familiar with. Who, who is it, that jackass uh, Marchand? No, Moshnik. Oh, Moshnik? Who cares? Yeah. He, he complains was, about everything. He wasn't even, was he so here? That literally one of one of the main points of my column is you'll notice there's no dateline on his ripping of Las Vegas because right. he didn't actually come. His brand has been the same, the fist of the sun guy, mad, since I was 16. So... I'm 53 now. It's just, I mean, I, he's, I'm, I'm impressed he's still doing it. There's, there's also like, uh, the old man act. Like back in my day, he was he was back in my day guy in '82. Another of your favorites, Albert Breer, who uh, who said who said uh, the city is literally ripping apart at its seams. It can't handle this. Oh wow! Okay, where is that? Yeah, exactly. Where's Breer? I mean, he's, where he's a donkey. What Vegas can handle? Get out of here with like, that. But he was here. Yeah, I know. But what, what, what was he seeing? I mean, probably the strip full of Ubers and Lyfts. It was, okay. it was gridlock. This, you know, this is, I, I get out to Las Vegas once a year, twice a year to visit family. I don't spend a ton of time on the strip, but I, I get down and, and the traffic was obscene. And that's, but that's, you know, that's the nature of the infrastructure we were talking about earlier. Just the idea that, you know, of needing public transportation, that's, 
that's just the way it is. And, it, you know, I thought there, it is a walkable city, as you were pointing out, like, it, you know, the areas where it's at, you can get around if you want to, but also when you have everybody coming in from out of town, that is, you know, especially, you know, you've got folks coming in from Missouri where it's not, you know, a walkable place, people are not accustomed to that. And they're just gonna, you know, they're gonna find something to complain about anyways. On, on getting around, why can't we make LV Boulevard one way and then say it's going north and then south is both uh, Dean Martin and like Koval. This is because this was the problem. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not going on this rant. I'll tell you another one. There's also people that will take like a lot of people. This isn't like one or two people yeah. that will just not have any idea where they are right. and be like, oh, I want to take an Uber from yeah. Venetian to Palazzo. Right. Like what? They don't know. Yeah. They're connected to each yeah, other. Yeah. Like, and that just creates complete chaos. But yeah, I'll say one person who didn't plan. seem to think that Vegas was not a perfect host city was Goodell, who said today, look forward to coming back soon. So <laughs> I mean, you think so? I'm okay. making the dollar sign yeah. gesture. Um, I, I, again, I'm not, not to criticize, but I think, I think city was great. Um, but, it's going to make them a ton of money. And that's at the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters. And we'll get a better F1 will be better next year. There's no doubt oh. in my mind. And <laughs> I, know, I know you guys hate F1. I don't think gonna... it can, it can't be worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was tough, uh, but they'll learn their lessons. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not convinced that they will. Yeah. I'm you, not convinced you, that they're going to learn the lesson no. of treating the locals any care. differently. They don't care. They, they literally don't, don't care. care. No. And they could keep coming back with, with nothing we can do about it. I, know. I mean, isn't it, if you're, if you're a sports follower, and now I'm, I'm going. Adam's going to write a story. We'll let him. We'll let him not give away all the ideas. But I saw some. I was looking around today, and I see some Clark County commissioner signs. Everyone better do their research on yes votes. And I know they weren't necessarily tied to it, but donations and also the people kind of laid down and didn't. Doesn't appear to me that they did a whole lot of work with F1 in terms of organizing <clears throat> things. That's how you affect change. Get people in who care who are more responsible, like Justin Watkins. But you know he won't run again. For any of this, I won't run again. No, that's true. Right? Am but, I off on this? No, you always, no, no, you always defend public right. servants, like you know. The, whoa, 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 whoa! You, always, <laughs> <I don't laughs> defend, like you defend a lot of them by taking us behind the scenes and how yeah, tough it is. At that's time. right. But you can affect change if you're not uh, happy with something. Then vote people out, make changes. A hundred percent on that. You you were a hundred percent right on that, and that's where we as a community need to improve in knowing who who our elected leaders are, what they voted on, and what they stand for, because on the local level. I'm going to say the on the order of 90% of the people don't know who their local elected leaders are. They may have even voted for them just because they had a DRNR next to them right. in, in the election, but they don't know who they are. They don't know what they stand for, and they don't know um, that they did or did not support a policy of theirs. So the, I, I think we as a community, I would love to see them hold them accountable in the way you just described. Good spot. We got to get you on again. Thanks for coming in. Justin, thanks as always for letting us use the studio. We'll come back. We'll uh, hook up with Matt Jacob. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gaming on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. On this Monday, Matt Jacob is in. Uh, it's brought to you by Circus Sports. Matt, how are you? Pretty good. A little Super Bowl hangover. Not a real one, just a disappointment of the football season being over, but. Uh... Good, good to be with you guys. Hope you guys had a good Super Bowl. We did. I basically broke even. Are you licking your wounds or planning on buying something uh, tangible to celebrate a big victory monetarily? Uh, certainly not the latter. Uh, probably somewhere. <laughs> in, <laughs> I, 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 a couple bucks more or less. I, I did okay. I, I got a little greedy instead of betting the Chiefs, uh, you know, either on the money line or the uh, or the point and a half two points. I took them. Minus six and a half. Um, I just didn't. I just thought, you know, we saw two close Super Bowls in a row. You usually don't see three. 
Um, sure enough, we did for the first time in history. The first time three Super Bowls have been decided by exactly three points or three points or less for that matter. So I got a little greedy there. My biggest bet was the under, and I hit that. And then um, also uh, hit a couple of uh, Mahomes rushing props, but then gave it back. I went I went pretty hard on the anti-Kelsey thing, thinking those, those props didn't make sense. And, you know, sure enough, after the first half, it was looking pretty, pretty good. And then uh, not so much, even before overtime, those things were dead. It was crazy. We just had a Niners uh, guest, insider, writer, um, David Facillo, and he brought up the point about Dre Greenlaw. I'll ask both of you guys, Adam and Matt. I wonder how much that hurt the cause of all the under numbers on Kelsey. I would say it certainly didn't help because um, yeah. when he was when he was in there, Kelsey couldn't get anything going. But but you know the Chiefs have been a second half team all season long. I mean, particularly defensively, but offensively too in the playoffs. And, well, maybe not the second half of the uh, of the AFC Championship game, but they've just been a team that knows how to make adjustments on both sides of the football. And um, I think they would have figured it out. But I do think that that him not being in there, you know, manning that middle, you know, I don't maybe Kelsey gets two fewer catches and doesn't break that twenty two yard run catch and run on his last catch to get over the uh, over the total of his receiving yards um, certainly made a difference. But I think they would have gotten Kelsey going to to some degree in the second half. Adam, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think it's fair to to look at that for sure. I mean, I think it also changed the complexion of the game a little bit. I mean, not just specifically on Kelsey props. I think the 49ers defense wasn't nearly as good after that and um not I won't say allowed Kansas City to get back in the game or win the game, but I I think it definitely impacted it. So I want to ask you guys, are you getting a a general vibe on sports books and and how they did and what Kansas City um you know, exceeding uh, down the stretch and winning as a dog what that did to him uh, obviously the 47 and a half total which we can talk about uh that one wasn't reached on the over but what's the feeling around you know from house to house here in town with the sports books i think what you're probably going to hear and you heard a lot last night and this morning is they got crushed because they had so much money on the chiefs even though all the all the big bets i mean almost almost every single big bet that i saw and i qualified big bet as six figures or more was on san francisco but in the end, uh, Steve and Adam, I think you guys know this, it's, all, it's become all about props. And they clean up on props because yeah. so many people bet overs. And, yeah, they're going to pay out the Kelsey ones. Um, let's put it this way. When in a week or so when it comes out, I'll be stunned if the books lost money. I don't think they won a lot. I don't think this is one of the most profitable Super Bowls the sports books had. I think they've only had two losing Super Bowls ever, and I don't think this will be the third. And what are we at? Something like 28 out of 30. They've won, and the props have only helped it. Uh, over time and the other yeah. fascinating thing to me will be what the hold is we were just talking about if they you know what they won or what they lost what the hold is mm-hmm. uh, percentage wise if they're around like you know three and a half four percent uh while looking at other states i find this fascinating the types of betters that other states are getting and the kind of marketing mm-hmm. with the crazy parlays and you have other states sports books uh, on a regular basis, month to month, are, are holding eight, nine, ten percent. So I wonder how the books around the country did. That's a good point. Yeah, I'd be curious to know that too. I would think that on the hold side for Nevada, I would I would be really surprised if if it's a significant hold. But I also would be really surprised if it isn't a po- slightly positive hold. Adam, I don't know where you uh, stand on that. Yeah, I I think so. I, I mean, that makes sense for where uh, this game is, and it could have been could have been great. I, I do think the you know one of the biggest factors negatively was the, the total and right, right where it was and right on the number where right. 
uh, you, did, you you pushed a lot of them, and a lot of people that got good numbers were able to win kind of on both sides there. So um, that probably wasn't a great part of it. So we got a trend here yeah. now with uh, – go ahead, Matt. Follow up. No, no, no. I was just going to point out the – to the to the total point that Adam was bringing up, you know, it's um, – this. it never would have ended up a Black Sunday situation, Cowboys-Steelers, but if that – it did drop to 46 and a half super late. Now, if that thing had dropped on Saturday and then a whole boat flux of money Ooh. comes in, you, you are looking at a – a pretty sizable loss for the books because it was 47 and a half for 13 and a half days and then and dropped to 47 and then a couple spots 46 and a half and apparently some places are grading it at 46 and a half i don't agree with that but whatever is what it is but um yeah total betters turned out all right i, I was sweating my under bed out the i'm like i cannot believe i have to sweat this thing out but <laughs> such is life the super bowl I'm like come on yeah. give me an easy winner for once well i can tell you in the room i was in there were tons of people asking are they going to kick the extra point after this? If the Chiefs get a touchdown, are they going to kick the extra point? Because obviously that makes all the difference in the world, but mm-hmm. not the case. No. All right, we got a little trend working here with uh, with underdogs now in Super Bowls, right? Yeah, we sure do. That's four straight underdogs that have covered the spread, and, and three of them won outright. Um, you go back to the uh, to Brady and the Bucks. I got it right this time. The Bucks, not the Patriots, uh, beating beating the Chiefs outright. And then the, uh, uh, the Chiefs obviously beating the Eagles last year. The, the Chiefs losing, I'm sorry, to the or being the 49. I, I can't get, get, get it in my head right, but it is four straight underdogs that have covered. And, uh, you know, three of them went outright. It's the only time that um, – I'm sorry, the Rams. I'm thinking of the Rams-Bengals Super Bowl. The Bengals covered the spread in that game. They didn't win outright. So it's four straight underdogs. The last time that's happened was in the early 2000s, 2002, 2005. And that was the Patriots' first three Super Bowls. They won the first as an underdog. And the latter two, they didn't cover against the Panthers and the Eagles. And the, in between that was the uh, the Raiders losing as a, as a favorite to the Buccaneers. So it's been an underdog run. And we have not seen five straight underdogs cover the spread. So file that away for 364 days from now. Matt Jacobs with us here on Cofield & Company. Um, six games over you know four or five seasons is not really enough uh, evidence that something is going to happen moving forward. But, man, the trend of when the Chiefs fall behind – uh, the numbers are kind of, and it's fall behind by a lot. Fall behind by ten plus is kind of staggering. It really is. I mean, <laughs> they've fallen behind ten points in all three Super Bowls that they've won. And last, the first two were they had second half deficits of 10, 10 points. Last night it was almost the second half. They get that field goal right before the buzzer at the end of uh, at the end of the first half to to cut ten nothing to ten three. But like uh, Evan Abrams, who does a lot of research work over at Action Network, put out a tweet that since 2019, the Chiefs are five and one, not not ATS guys, five and one straight up when trailing by ten plus points at any point in a playoff game. The rest of the NFL is six and 48 in those games. Um, the Chiefs are a different beast. Mahomes is a different beast. I mean, the guy. What can you say about him that has not already been said? He's just unbelievable. Now, he didn't do it all by himself. That defense was underrated all season long. I talked about it on your show when I came on, we ever talked about the Chiefs, that that defense, I couldn't figure out how, but they're not the same old Chiefs defense, haven't been all year. But Mahomes is the one who did it. Two two game-winning drives, basically, in the same game. It was, uh, it's crazy how good he is, and you just you can't bury this guy enough. He's going to come back, and there's a lot of Brady in him. And, you know, personally, I think he's a better quarterback than Brady. Uh, you know, as a quarterback player, he's got a long way to go to match Brady's legacy. But um, he's amazing. You know, before we start betting next year, and I want to get to the uh, Niners being the favorite to win the Super Bowl next mm-hmm. year, I wonder what lessons we learned from this season and if enough people jumped on board on the Chiefs' defense. This is not the Chiefs when it comes to a 
a betting philosophy of three years ago. Uh, we have a good enough sample now. Uh, if the personnel can hold together, and I actually think they're going to lose Snead and Jones, but if they can hold it together and they can play the kind of defense they just played in the playoffs uh, next year, I mean, I think we really have to pay attention very closely to Chiefs totals because this defense is for real. Yeah, they are for real. I believe that put them, let's see my math right, it'd be 15-6 and six to the under this year, the Chiefs were. And wow. so, you know, they, the, the books just ne- – the books didn't catch up, catch up to it, but you know what, neither did the public really either. And when you look at the Chiefs' defense in terms of the entire season, they gave up more than 21 points a game, just four times in 21 games, four times. Last night was one of them, 22 points. They gave up 24 to Buffalo in the playoffs – 24 to Denver when Mahomes was sick, and then 27 in that game to Green Bay. So not a single team that played the Chiefs this year gave up, scored four touchdowns against Kansas City. So, yeah, you're right. They've got some personnel things they've got to figure out. But, um, you know, this is a team that you would, you would just blindly bet the over on, especially in the playoffs, and think it was, you know, free money. And it certainly wasn't the case. All uh, three or four games stayed under the total in the playoffs this year, and they were an under machine all season long. Should the Niners be a slight favorite for the next Super Bowl? Should they be the favorite to win the title? I think I saw yesterday uh, early numbers released at five and a half to one. Or I mean, I'll say it outright: I I'm not betting the Niners as a favorite if Brock Purdy is a quarterback. Hmm. Okay. Uh, should they be the favorite based on talent? Yeah, I think they should. They've got the talent. Based on their coach? No, I don't hmm. think so. I think okay. I think we're starting to see it. With I mean, look you. Fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times. We didn't coach a terrible game yesterday. You know, the overtime thing can be – you can debate it either way. I I did see an interview with Patrick Mahomes today where he flat out said, you know, if we had – if the Niners had scored a touchdown, we were going for two. Um, If we scored a touchdown to match them. So the the theory that if, you know, both teams score, we get the ball last, that that Shanahan said was out the water. They were never going to see the ball again. But, um, you know, I just think he continually gets gets outcoached in these big games. But – the 49ers have the talent, and I'm not as anti-Purdy as sounds like you are, Steve. I thought he played a pretty damn good game for a kid. You know, he showed poise. He wasn't flustered. A um, couple bad throws, yeah. I mean, when you target Debo 11 times and only completed three times, that's an issue. But um, he's still a kid. I mean, he's still he's still got youth on his side and yeah. how far he's gotten and brought a team with him. You know, but you're going up against Mahomes, and you're going up against Andy Reid. It's a different beast. But I would also not lay that that number with the Niners either. That's you don't play any. It's hard to play anybody you know outside of double digits uh, on a futures you know bet that's going to happen 364 days from now. Matt, you are the man. Thanks for wrapping up the Super Bowl with us, and we'll talk to you. Okay, you got it. Okay, take Cheers. care, guys. Appreciate it. Matt Jacob, on a very busy Super Monday. Uh, that Chiefs defense, Adam. The numbers in the playoffs. They wound up facing the top four offenses. In DVOA, Chiefs throughout the playoffs, yeah, they allowed 15.8 points per game. I mean, that's – I know it's only a four-game sample, but if you're going against some of the best offenses in the National Football League and it's that hard to score against them, they're for real. Yeah, no question about it. And I, I do I do want to say, though, on the 49ers being the favorite, because somebody asked me about this last night. I was like, they're not saying they're the best team. They have, they're in the NFC. Like all the good teams are in the AFC. Yep. So the chances are the 49ers will be, back, will be back. They're the favorite because they don't have to get through that gauntlet. I want to break this down on the other side. Who can stop the Chiefs from winning three in a row? You just hit on something very key. I don't see a ton of upside in the NFC with elite teams. 
There's a lot, a lot of flaws. And yeah, on the AFC side, it seems like there's a freaking blockade with teams with all these good quarterbacks, but we'll see if, first of all, they all have to stay healthy. And that's one thing that the Chiefs have had on their side. Mahomes hasn't been down for a long time. And then you had, you know, devastating injuries with Burrow. Uh, A-Rodge and the Jets really never got off the ground, pun intended. So the AFC teams have to stay healthy. And who knows, maybe, maybe there's going to be some bold changes in certain spots. We'll also get this from Adam on the other side. As a guy who covers the Raiders, it seems like MD and AP and TT, that they have some sort of plan in place. Because what was the word late last week by Pierce about another quarterback coming in and the statement was, well, Aiden will have a chance to compete. Okay, that's good news. I don't want it to be a competition. I want it to be, they're bringing in a one and Aiden is absolutely the two with no shot.